Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a special guest to the podcast, Mr. Bharat Kanodia. Bharat is a, has a very rich background in the financial world. He values businesses. It's a very useful tool in the world of mergers and acquisitions, as well as just general business finance. He's valued over 2,000 businesses, ranging from real estate to governmental infrastructure. Some of the unique things he's appraised are things like the Golden Gate Bridge. That's an interesting one. The Brooklyn Bridge, the Mirage Casino in Las Vegas, and Yahoo. He signed off on over 4,500 valuations with 2.6 trillion in assets globally. Rot lives in San Francisco with his family, and he enjoys sailing, golfing, skiing, and horseback riding. Welcome to the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast, Rot. Tony, thank you for having me, and I want to um, most kindly thank you for the perfect pronunciation of my name. Oh. Uh, and you didn't even ask me what the right pronunciation was and 90 percent of the people they uh, mess up the pronunciation despite having me asked what the right pronunciation is and you did it correctly without asking me so that was kudos well thank you very much thank you appreciate it how how are things in san francisco today are you guys enjoying a respite from COVID? Are you enjoying great weather? You know, I, I I feel so blessed to be living in this part of the world. You know, every day above ground is a good day here. <laughs> I just feel blessed. I mean, I wasn't born here, but if I die here, I'm going to die a happy man. Great. Great. Well, speaking of being born, I'd like to ask you first and right out of the gate, to tell your story a little bit, how did you end up as a business appraiser? You know, best things in life happen to you when you least expect them. Um, I was graduating from college as a mechanical engineer, and I hated engineering. I was bored of it, and I did not want anything to do with it. Um, and I wanted a job in finance, but who in their right mind is going to give a 21-year-old kid a job in finance, um, you know, somebody who has a mechanical engineering degree. Well, I just needed to find one, and I did. I found one person who said, yeah, this guy can do some finance work. So, and, you know, he decided to become my boss. So, you know, he gave me a lot of opportunities, and I'm very grateful for him. And it started from there. You know, I started out by doing machinery and equipment valuations. They liked my work. They asked me to do real estate valuations. They liked my work. Then they asked me to appraise uh, unique infrastructure assets like the bridges and the tunnels uh, that I've done or airports. They liked my work there. Then they sent me to do companies like Yahoo and others. They like my work there. And then they said, okay, well, now you can do the real dark side. Uh, we want you to go and appraise startups. You know, so my life, my career kept evolving from shades of black and white to a amalgamation of grayer, 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 totally gray. 
I have been um, promoting myself to go from more tangible assets uh, that are more absolute in numbers to valuing assets that are most intangible and uh, difficult to quantify. I see. I see. That would be the challenge of almost any business appraiser, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if, if we were to take that and put it in the, its most simple terms, could I say, or, or just tell me if, if this is off, but could I say uh, the difference between valuating pro- a product-based business versus a service-based business? Of course, yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between valuing a product business and a service-based business, right? A product business would tend to have um, more tangible assets mm-hmm. um, unless uh, you know, you're outsourcing everything to somebody else. You know, a service business, you know, like a CPA practice or a law firm or something. Um, you know, they don't have too many assets. So their biggest assets are the people they have. And the biggest assets they have, they get up and go home at night and you hope and pray that they come back in the morning. Right. Nowadays, they're not even privy to that. Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. No assets aren't coming back or maybe never coming back. So um, how do you manage them and how do you make sure they're happy and they're cohesive? And more than that, they are um, servicing the clients who are writing you checks on a monthly basis or regular basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's get into kind of the, the key measures, if we can, for, uh, say, for each of those, for a, for a product-based business. Um, what are some of the key measures that you would you would look at as you start your valuation? I mean, for me, the key measure for any business is growth, profit, and risk. I mean, if somebody tells you otherwise, they're bullshitting you. They're just trying to sound smart. I I don't pretend to sound smart. I just say it like it is. Um, you know, there are three, th- three metrics that are most important in valuing any business. Growth, profit, and risk. How fast is the business growing? Or how fast can it grow? How much profit is it giving? Or how much profit will it give you? Or how fast will it grow in profitability? And third is risk. How big is the business? Is it over leveraged? Is it not leveraged enough? You know, are there enough employees? Are there too many employees? Are there too many investors? Are there too few investors? Are the customers concentrated? Are they not concentrated? I mean, you know, risk in general. Mm-hmm. Growth, profit, and risk. If you think of any business in these three um, metrics, you will never go wrong. I see. You all the important things. I see. So my next question was going to be um, asking on behalf of people in our audience, um, how can I best position my small business to achieve optimal valuation? I'm going to guess you're going to say something along those three No, those are the metrics to look for. And if you want to maximize the value of your business, there are really two things that you need to do. And, (laughs) you know, to each their own, right? Some people might say, oh, no, there are four things you got to do. You got to do seven things, right? Everybody wants to come up with their list, the magical list. Um, Unfortunately or fortunately, my list has only two things. If you just do these two things, your number, your 
business will be very, very valuable. Um, and in my humble opinion, again, if somebody tells you otherwise, they're you know just blowing some smoke up your ass. Uh-huh. And those two things are um, one: you gotta look at any business from a potential buyer's perspective, not a buyer of your product and services, a buyer of your business. Um, and a, what are buyers of businesses looking for? Buyers of businesses are looking for two things. Buyers of businesses are looking to buy a business that has consistent cash flow. Now, consistent cash flow could mean revenue, could mean EBITDA, could actually mean cash flow, could mean profit, whatever you want to call it. Um, or if the business is not profitable, you know, they're looking for some kind of a traffic or some kind of a engagement from the customer, however you want to define it. But in terms of mid and small size businesses, let's call it cash flow because that's where where the valuation really is. Um, so buyers are looking for businesses that have consistent cash flow. Okay. A, basically, what that means is recurring revenue. The same customer is writing you checks again and again and again. Could be weekly, monthly, yearly, quarterly basis. If you have to go out and find a new customer on a daily or a weekly basis. Um, you have to come up with new marketing strategies every time, and that becomes difficult. Right. So you want to buy a business where the same customer is writing you recurring checks. Gotcha. That's the ideal kind of business they want to buy. Second, they don't want to do anything once they buy the business to service that customer. So ideally, they want a business that runs on autopilot. Now, how do you make a business runs on run on autopilot? That could be either the um, having an amazing management team, right? Which could be expensive. So only larger, generally mid-sized business might be able to afford a decent-sized management team for making the business run right. Mm-hmm. Or another way of it is, you know, we live in a world where automation is key. Um, so you can buy software or automate things uh, to make the business run right. Now, here, the biggest pushback I get is, well, my business needs me. I can, you know, my business can't run without me. My business needs people and we're people business. We're people, people, bullshit. Um, I'm not saying everything needs to be run on autopilot. Of course, that's the holy grail, but that almost never happens. So start out by asking that, hey, what can be run on autopilot? But just by saying that, no, my business can't be run on autopilot, they're just lying to themselves. Um, Start asking by, hey, what piece of my business can be um, automated or can be carved out for somebody else to take care of it than I? Um, You know, there could be as simple as email marketing. It could be as simple as, you know, accounts receivables, um, you know, it could be as simple as uh, outsourcing payroll, you know, it could be the simple things. Start with at least the simple things and grow from there. Yes. Just by saying that my business can't be automated or can't be pushed out in outsourcing. Well, that's that you're just lying to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you're just living in your own world. Um, so, again, coming back to only two things. Buyers are looking for consistent cash flow, recurring revenue. Um, and second thing, they're looking for a business that runs on autopilot, however right. you want to make it happen. Right. 
Well, that makes a lot of sense. And it, it actually, it seems to align with that very old adage uh, uh, that entrepreneurs carry. Well, I should say some entrepreneurs carry. I aim to work myself out of a job. Yeah, like an consultant. Exactly. Yeah. I've always thought that to be a high ideal. And you do have to kind of uh, let go of your ego a little bit to do that. But uh, I mean, I don't know how much your ego is worth in the open market. Not much. No, because nobody wants to buy an entrepreneur. They want to buy the cash flow the entrepreneur has built. That's right. That's right. The hard realities of valuation. <laughs> you know, people think the entrepreneur is worth something. No, the entrepreneur is only worth whatever that person's future project is. So if the person signs off on that, hey, I will bring the future project with this project, then it's worth something. It's just the entrepreneur. That person is more of a liability than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brat, as I look at your list of uh, successful valuations, I've got to ask you, what what was the most challenging thing you've ever evaluated? The I Love New York campaign. Really? Yeah. Where, where do you live? I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So I presume you've been to New York at some point? Yes, I actually have a daughter that lives there right now. Okay, so when you go to New York, you know, all over New York, you'll see the words plastered. I love New York. I love New York. Mm -hmm. T-shirts, pencil boxes, pencils, condoms, whatever. Just come up with that. Right. (laughs) It's everywhere. Most people think, and I was in the same boat, that I love New York is just like a slogan somebody came up with and it sort of caught on. Um, No, it's actually a well-run, well-funded marketing campaign is it really when i say that to people they're like oh okay and then by default they presume it's owned by the city of new york or it's run by the city of new york or somebody in new york city Mm -hmm. no it is run by the state of new york it's it was developed run and owned by the state of new york no kidding. Um, and I had to value that campaign as part of the valuation that I had done for the state of New York. Um, I have appraised all the assets owned by the state of New York, by the way, including the throughway system. No kidding. I appraised all the assets owned by the Metropolitan Transit Authority of New York City. So all the assets, the subway, the railroads, the Grand Central Station, the pen, everything I've appraised all of it. Um, so I love New York campaign was the most interesting because I was like, all right, how do you appraise that? Yeah. Um, it does have value. It does have value. So that was a little out of the box for me at that time. Now it seems fairly straightforward, but at that time that was a little out of the box. So share with us, where'd you start? You know, the old number, the old, the old saying, as they say, right. Always uh, follow the money. Where is the money coming from? Where is it being used? What are you going to do with it? You know, what would I do with this money if I could sell it or who would buy it? You know, you start asking these kinds of questions and things start to unfold. I see. I see. Uh, So biggest part of my job is really just asking questions like an attorney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, people say, oh, you're a numbers guy. I'm like, Yeah, I'm a numbers guy, but numbers are easy. Frankly, numbers don't lie. Numbers are fairly straightforward. It's people who lie. So, you know, my job is to really uncover the stories with the questions that I ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
Murat, what is what's your take on people that that you know it's it's just very easy to roll off the tongue. Your business is worth X multiple of your annual revenues or whatever. What what do you think about those form, you know, kind of pat formulas? Good and bad. I mean, you know, the, there's no there's no right or wrong answer, for example. You know, 18 is the age set by society, by government, when a child becomes an adult. Well, does that apply to everybody? I don't think I was really an adult until I was 35, frankly. <laughs> you know, yeah. physically, I was an adult, but... I sometimes don't think I'm as I'm still an adult. <laughs> you know, I, I have a hard time sort of accepting that many times. Right? right. Most of us do. Right. Some kids. I mean, but then I also think that I was pretty mature by the time I was 12. Mm -hmm. It depends on what you're looking for. It depends on what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same thing. So, you know, most people say that, oh, business is anywhere from three to five X on cash flow. Well, that's not incorrect. But that's not the only answer. Right, right. So the other thing I would hear is, oh, my neighbor's cousin's daughter sold her business for 8x on cash flow. And my business is in the same industry, but it's better than her and bigger than her. So my business is worth at least 10x. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you oversimplify it like that, yeah, it makes sense. But that really is an oversimplification. Right. Right. You know, people believe what they want to believe. It was to that person's belief that my business is worth 10x because that's what they wanted to believe in. They don't want to ask questions to people like me or to other people. Right. Um, you know, like, you know, my son is the best boy in the whole world. Well, who's to say that I'm wrong? That's mm -hmm. my belief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I'm sure my my son's teachers would disagree. Right. I'm right. Sure some of my son's friends would disagree. Right. I'm sure I would disagree on a bad day. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Um, so again, you know, it's the, uh, value is in the eye of the beholder. I see. Well, I'm, I'm so intrigued by trying to, to value a campaign. Um, gosh, it seems like there's a million questions you got to ask to get behind that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a video, um, which talks about what's a brand worth. If you ever get a chance to take a look at it, I think it's, um, episode number two or three. Okay. Um, what's a brand worth. And I walk you through the exact logic on how you would go about valuing it. Oh, any brand doesn't matter big or small. Okay, I, as I said, the, the science behind an internal combustion engine stays the same. Now, the use case for the internal combustion engine could be very different, could be used in a Vespa or a Mack truck. It right. could be diesel or kerosene in some cases. It could be gas. Mm -hmm. It could be a two-stroke or could be eight-cylinder or 12-cylinder. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. The science behind it is the same. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's exactly how evaluations work. The science behind it is the same. It's the art that changes. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, Parat, I'd love to give you uh, uh, I'd love to give you the forum to assist people in getting in touch with you if they're thinking about evaluating their business. What is the best way to get in touch with you and your firm? Um, best way to get in touch with me is just to Google my name and my firm will come up and, uh, um, you know, we have a contact inquiry form, you know, that comes to my team. And uh, if you have a good question, we're happy to answer them. And, you know, we get these kind of questions all the time. And, you know, I, I've been in this business a long time and I just like to pay it forward. There were a lot of people who've helped me along the way and I always like helping people. So if you have a question on valuations, just reach out. Happy to help. Thank you very much. Well, Rod, thank you for being a guest on Personal Financial Strategy. It is illuminating. I really love I love your three essential ingredients to a business, growth, profit, and risk. I think we could all do a little health check on all of our businesses using those as measures. And I love your, your two keys to uh, what buyers look at in terms of buying a business, the consistent cash flow, and then its ability to run without the entrepreneur in the entrepreneur seat into the future. Yeah, precisely. Well, thanks so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate it. And until next time, strategists keep on strategizing. <laughs>